0: So, finishing the children's sermon and thinking about the transition from children's sermon to adult sermon, thought about a story from my past. Uh, When I first started doing children's sermons as a youth minister, uh, you know, 17 years ago, I asked the pastor I was working for at the time, um, look, uh, okay, so i got to do the children's sermon this morning. What's... um, What are you preaching on? So then I could, you know, like kind of make them match up. And he said, Well, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that because,
1: um... okay, so he's like, I'm not going to tell you what this children's sermon is
0: because I had a minister beforehand who used to come. I'd tell him what my children's sermon was, and then he'd just go and preach my sermon for me. And people would have to hear it twice. And, and I guess I thought about that because in a way, the passage we're going to read from Philippians is um, so straightforward that it's, it's kind of like I've already preached my sermon in a way. Um, so I hope we can take it as a review. I hope we can take it as a reminder. I hope that we can sit with this passage for a few minutes and be reminded uh, what, our, what our goals and is all about as God's gathered people. This morning we do read from Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 4 through 14. And and Paul loves this church at Philippi. He had been with them for a long time. They had had a relationship for some 10 years before he writes this particular letter. And he has, at this point in his life and ministry, a very distinct and clear view about what he is doing, what he is called to, what he is trying to accomplish in a way as a a minister, as an apostle. And so it's very clear for us what Paul is trying to accomplish. And the reason I think we still have this letter is because His accomplishments, his desires, his goals are instructive for us. They should be formative for us as well. We're going to read sort of two main movements in this passage. First, we're going to read about Paul laying out his credentials. Paul is a a, a Jew who has done everything necessary to earn access to God in the most holy and perfect ways according to his traditional Judaism of his past. But second, we will read about Paul's longing and desires and his goals for the future. And he's going to say, no matter where we begin with our credentials, we can align ourselves, our longings, our desires, our outlook ahead with something that all followers of Jesus should align themselves with, even us, some 2,000 years later. So this morning we consider... Who we are, we consider what we want for ourselves and what we want for our faith and how we act on our faith and maybe how we will act as faithful people as we turn to Philippians chapter 3 verses 4 through 14. If anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth. Day, a member of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these come I come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything. As lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death if I may if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this for or that I have already reached that goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be be to God. Paul begins with credentials, and so will we. Credentials are important. Some of us really like credentials. Credentials are necessary every day to utilize things that we want and that we need. Now, typically when we think of credentials, we think of formal credentials, like degrees or certificates, the kind of things we hang on walls. We put our diploma on the wall for at least one of two reasons. One, to remind us that someone did think it was time for us to move on, or to prove to others that someone did think it was time for us to move on. But there are less formal credentials that we use every single day. You use your identification card to get on an airplane, right? You use it all the time to verify your identity. It's a credential of sorts. I was thinking about it this week, and um, if you go to Foodline and you swipe your card, you have used a credential to acquire the groceries that you've put in your food basket.
1: And when the credit card company sends a message back that your credentials are being
0: questioned, for one reason or another. It's quite jarring, isn't it? Even cash can be a credential in that way. Credentials are required to get a job. You have to prove who you are. To get service at the doctor's office, you have to prove that you can pay for it. Credentials are required to be a rec league sports coach. They have to prove that your background is legitimate. Credentials verify that we have taken the requisite measures to qualify us to take the next step. And in Paul's life of faith, credentials were really important. But in our life of faith, maybe they are not as much. Our next step of faith in faith is not always determined by the credentials that we acquired in the past. Because our steps in faith are determined by the God we worship and serve, because no matter our credentials from back then, we must all discern if we have put our faith in a goal that lies ahead. We all have to decide, then, are we going to put our faith in what we've accomplished in the past, or what we want God to do with us and for us in the future? Paul leads with his credentials, but he leads with them to show that he doesn't have faith in them anymore. He writes about those Jewish credentials, and we we all know that according to the old law, Paul was legitimate. His credentials were impeccable. That's why he writes about them the way that he does. He had gone beyond everything that was necessary as a Jewish man to be in the top of his field. But after that experience on the Damascus Road, an experience we read about in Acts that most of us know in our hearts, we see that the Lord interrupts him. And in his blindness, he sees That the way forward, the way towards what God was doing now, involved breaking from his past credentials and heading in a new direction. A new direction that didn't require those credentials as much as it demanded decisions about who he was, who he wanted to be, and what he wanted to be headed towards. So he lists his credentials and then says, they are all rubbish. They are unnecessary. Because God is now at work in a different way in his heart and life. For through Christ, the the laws that developed all of those credentials were broken. And are no longer important. In in Christ, the rigid obedience of the closed-minded Pharisees and the ways that they had adjudicated all of those laws... To the very nth degree, they became unnecessary because what was demanded of now is a goal. Paul embraces and embodies the reality that because of Jesus and in Christ Jesus, the credentials of the past matter less than the dreams and the goals and the desires of the future. And not just any goal, but one specific goal for his future in particular as he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. if I, I will become like him in death so that I can attain the resurrection of the dead. For Paul, it's no longer the credentials that are behind that matter. It's the goal that lies ahead. And the goal is knowing Christ. The goal is experiencing the power of his resurrection, both today in glimpses and in the life to come at the end when it's all said and done. And so as we read those simple and profound verses again, we see someone whose faith is now pulling him, pushing him forward. To people, to opportunities, to the ways that God would be working in what lies ahead. He doesn't rely on his past credentials. He says, I've forsaken, I've suffered the loss of all those things in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but having one that comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God based on faith. Skip down a few more verses and we read, I haven't attained this, I haven't even reached it, but I press on to make it my own. I press on to make it my own, forgetting what lies behind. I strain towards the goal, the prize of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You can see that Paul's looking ahead, right? He's looking towards knowing God more fully because with every glimpse of knowledge that he has, a new one lies around the next corner, on the next page. Paul wants knowing Christ to be his way forward. And can you see how in this letter to the Philippians, God is using Paul's goals and dreams and desires to be formative for us as well. Paul is inviting us into making this our goal also. Now, of course, I mentioned goals in the children's sermon, and I was pleased with what they said. They said about what we would have expected, but their goals matched up probably all too well with some of our own goals, didn't they? We all have goals. Some of them are short-term, some of them are sort of, you know, middle-term, and some of them are long-term. You know, the short-term goal might be to click off items of a to-do list. The middle-term goal might be to pay off a purchase or lose those next few pounds. The long-term goal is to build up a retirement nest egg. Get ready to have that place at the lake or the beach or the mountains. These are reasonable goals that many of us have. In our lives, in our relationships, in our parenting, in our careers, driven people have goals, things that they look towards, that they want to accomplish. And most of us have acquired a set of credentials that helped spur us on to those goals also. We have attended to these goals across time and space. We have, in one way or another, been intentional about them. And it begs the question, have we been as intentional about our goals when it comes to our life of faith? Maybe we have. Maybe we haven't. But the scripture says, forces us to ask the question. Have we set our goal, like Paul, to know Christ and to experience his resurrection? Have we put our credentials behind in order to draw closer and deeper in our relationship with the Lord? Have we decided that we are here, even here today, to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, or did we show up today for some other reason? In that question is a balance between the credentials we're going to hang on to and the goal that must lie in our heart. Bound up in that question is a question to ourselves. Why am I here today? What do I want? And when we're honest about it, we know there are many reasons why people show up for worship. Some of us gather because of a loved one. Some of us gather because it's habit. Some of us gather because someone we loved was involved in activities in a particular way today, and so we needed to be there here for them. And honestly, some of us gather because it's advantageous socially, or it's pleasant socially. Much of the growth in the church in the last century was due in large part because of social reasons and social pressures. And that's not bad, because it gives God a, re- a way to work, right? And God will use many or any means necessary to reach us. God can take one motivation and transform it into another. It happens all the time. But the ultimate motivation, the ultimate goal, the reason for gathering and reading passages and singing songs and offering prayers, and gathering as the people of God who greet one another to tell you, I love you, I'm so happy to see you. The reason for all of this is to cultivate a longing and a desire in us to want to know Christ and the depth of his love, I want to experience the significance of his forgiveness, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. We're here so that when someone asks, what do you want? Why are you here? I want to know Jesus and his love a little more today than I did yesterday. That is why we were here, and that is on some level, I hope, what it is that you want. As you leave today in a few minutes, there's many things you can say about the day, the morning that you've had at church. Some of you can say that you taught Sunday school. Others can say you gave your tithe. Others can say you offered your attention and your prayers You've offered your voice in song. And sure, some may just say, I I got that done. In your head, as you reflect this morning, you can look back at a bunch of credentials that were checked off when it came to your Sunday school and worship attendance today. You can put those in your back pocket. You can treat those as jewels in your crown. But I also hope you can look back at today and realize today was a day where somehow my appetite was wet for a desire to know God a little bit more fully and thoroughly. I hope that you can look back today and see yourself as someone who said, I I want to know the Lord a little better today. I hope you can look back at today as more than the acquisition of a credential. And you can look at today as a day that carried you one step closer to knowing the Lord. And the way that you do that is to ask yourself, what do you want for today? What will you make of your faith today? God wants you to place His love as your goal And I hope that we all will long to know the Lord more and better and more fully, just as Paul did. May his spirit in these words be ours today as well. Let us pray. Loving God, Holy Lord, we come being reminded of the simple task The simple goal of our faith, which is just to know you more, to love you better, to experience your forgiveness more fully, to glimpse your resurrection anew. And Lord, also to have the power within us, the courage within us, the love within us to share your love with others who need it also. And so, Lord, today I I pray that you would soften our hearts and touch our hearts. Help us to see the goal that lies ahead, which is a goal to know and to love and to embrace and to be embraced by you. And help us to somehow exude that love for others the way Paul does through the words on these, these pages. So that we might know you well. And that others might know and celebrate you and your love as well. For we know your love is good. We know you are kind and generous and caring. And that you long to be with us. And so Lord, help us to cultivate our longing to be with you also. In this day, for this day, and for each day that lies ahead. Lord, these are prayers we offer in your great name with great faith. Amen.